Welcome to Functional Theology. I'm so glad you guys were able to join me again. I am coming to you live this morning from the coast of Maine. I can see the water from here. And um, I thought while I'm relaxing and enjoying my time here, I'd record another episode. It's been a couple weeks or a month or so since the last one. We have been talking about missionary heroes, and I, I really hope that you've been encouraged by our time learning about these amazing people from history and just challenged about how the Lord may be calling you um, to participate in spreading His kingdom. Today we're going to talk about probably someone that you have heard of. Um, maybe by chance you've read some of his journal, uh, his diary. I'm talking about David Brainerd. And today's topic we're going to be learning about in his life is power in weakness. So before we get started, I just want to encourage you, if you do not have a copy of The Life and Diary of David Brainerd, you need to put it on your book list. You need to ask for it for your birthday. Um, It is an essential read. Something that's been fascinating as I've been reading these um, memoirs of of different missionaries is how many of the famous missionaries that we know were shaped by reading David Brainerd's diary. It's so cool to be able to read uh, to, to look at how other missionaries are reading the same uh, biographies and memoirs that I'm reading and to know that they were shaped by a book like The Life and Diary of David Brainerd like I so deeply was. I remember the first time I read his journal. Uh, I was actually on mission in Malawi for an entire summer and, and I must say that book had as formative uh, was as formative of an experience on my life as even the 10 weeks that I spent there doing mission work. It was that affecting of a a book. So you need to read it. Life and Diary of David Brainerd. Get a copy. Well, here's some quick facts about David Brainerd. He was born in 1718, only lived, I think, to age 29, lived till 1747. He was a missionary to Native Americans here in America. He was raised in the Puritan home in Connecticut, he was close friends with Jonathan Edwards and, in fact, probably would have become Jonathan Edwards' son-in-law had he lived longer. And as I've mentioned already, his famous work is The Life and Diary of David Brainerd, which actually was compiled by Jonathan Edwards after his death. On March 20, 1747, a 29-year-old David Brainerd said goodbye to his congregation of Delaware Indians for the last time. His long battle with tuberculosis ended in Northampton, Massachusetts, on a bed in the home of Jonathan Edwards. He passed away October 9, 1747, after only four years as a missionary, and after only seeing a handful of converts. And he had only been a believer for eight years. Four months later, Jonathan Edwards' daughter, Jerusha, whom he had described as the flower of the family, passed away from the disease she had contracted while nursing Brainerd. Despite this, Edwards would give immense thanks for, quote, the gracious dispensation of providence to me and my family in so ordering that he, that is David, should be cast hither to my house in his last sickness and should die here. 
During the two years following his death, Edwards would compile Brainerd's diaries and journal and publish them as An Account of the Life of the Late Reverend David Brainerd. It has been in print ever since. John Wesley insisted it, it was a must for every preacher. William Carey called it almost a second Bible. Robert Murray McShane would write, Oh, to have Brainerd's heart for perfect holiness. The book would become the best-selling religious book in the 19th century in America and Jonathan Edwards' most read work. How about that? I bet you never knew that. Well, before we get started, I want to read to you from Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay, also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I wonder whether you can think of a particular individual Someone from the cloud of witnesses, as the writer of Hebrews says, who's been an inspiration to your faith, someone who's helped you um, in a various season to just run faster and to persevere through difficulty and trial. If you don't have someone like that, I know that David Brainerd has been that way for me. And maybe as you're listening, um, his own witness and testimony can encourage you from the cloud of witnesses to run your race uh, whatever stage you find yourself, whether feeling strong or weak. Well, David Brainerd certainly shows us power in spiritual weakness. He grew up in a strict Puritan New England environment. At the age of 20, Brainerd dedicated more seriously uh, his life to religious duties, reading the Bible through twice in a year and attending church. However, he became frustrated with God for the severity of the law angry that faith was a gift and not earned. So all of his religious duties, he still couldn't be confident and sure of his salvation, and he was vexed by the sovereignty of God over his eternal destiny. July 12, 1739, while walking alone in the woods, Brainerd was struck by a vision of the glory of God. He writes, I hardly ever so long to live to God and to be altogether devoted to Him. I wanted to wear out my life in his service and for his glory. Brainerd would continue to wrestle daily with the Lord through deep depression and seasons of immense spiritual weakness. Sunday, December 16, 1744. Was so overwhelmed with dejection that I knew not how to live. I longed for death exceedingly. My soul was sunk in deep waters and the floods were ready to drown me. I was so much oppressed that my soul was in a kind of horror. Thursday, August 12, 1742. This morning and last night I was exercised with sore inward trials. I had no power to pray, but seemed shut out from God. I had in a great measure lost my hopes of God, sending me among the heathen afar off, and of seeing them flock home to Christ. I saw so much of my hellish vileness that I appeared worse to myself than any devil. I wondered that God would let me live and wondered that people did not stone me much more that they would ever hear me preach. Yet it was in these seasons when Brainerd's unworthiness weighed heaviest that the grace and power of God seemed to move. After moving to Cross Week, Week Sung, 
New Jersey, his largely fruitless endeavors took on an unexpected turn as he worked among the Delaware Indians. Previously, Native Americans had been disinterested or suspicious of the white preacher, but now his sermons were, more, were being constantly interrupted with the plea, What must we do to be saved? November 20, 1745, he writes, Yet I can say, to the praise of rich grace, that the apparent success with which my labors were crowned unspeakably more than compensated for the labor itself, and was likewise a great means of supporting and carrying me through the business and fatigues which, it seems, my nature would have sunk under without such an encouraging prospect. At the beginning of 1745, he had been on the verge of quitting. By the end of the next year, he had baptized 77 and saw 130 persons gathering regularly for his preaching. Let's pause for a moment as we think about what God was doing in the life of David Brainerd. Sometimes we can become so uh, enthralled with the idea of being people who do things for the Lord. Sometimes we have to slow down and remember that God has a work that He's doing in us. Let me read to you from 2 Corinthians verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 7. Paul writes, So to keep me from becoming conceited, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that I, it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Sometimes our weakness is about what the Lord is doing in our lives. Those times of depression and suffering, David Brainerd began to realize that the Lord was doing a work in changing his heart. And sometimes we can go out and we want to change the world for God. And we want to do great things. But we have to remember God is doing a great work in us as well. Let's talk a little bit about power in physical weakness. The Brainerd family was beset by physical weakness. Not just David, but his parents, Hezekiah and Dorothy, died before he was 15. Three of his siblings also died in early age. His cousin Thomas Brainerd admitted, In the whole Brainerd family, for 200 years there's been a tendency to a morbid depression. David's slow health decline began in his first year at Yale when he contracted tuberculosis. With this chronic, eventually fatal, illness, Brainerd began the grueling pioneer missionary life. At his first mission station serving the Housatonic Indians in New York, he wrote on, in May 1743, I live poorly with regard to the comforts of life. Most of my diet consists of boiled corn, hasty pudding, etc. I lodge on a bundle of straw, and my labor is hard and extremely difficult, and I have little experience of success to comfort me. Yet in August of the same year, with his situation ever worsening, he writes, I felt contented with my circumstances and sweetly resigned to God. He spent many nights lost in the woods, exposed to the cold and underfed. He had a horse stolen, broke his leg, and was poisoned. One year he recorded 3,000 miles of travel by horseback in his itinerant preaching ministry to the Indians. 
However, he came to treasure his physical weakness. Quote, Such fatigues and hardship as these serve to wean me more from the earth, and, I trust, will make heaven the sweeter. I don't in such seasons of difficulty flatter myself that it will be better hereafter, but rather think how much worse it might be. Blessed be God that he makes the comfort to me under my sharpest trials, and scarce ever lets these thoughts be attended with terror or melancholy, but they are attended frequently with great joy. Let me read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, what Paul has to say in verse 30. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. We often think of missionaries as stalwart heroes. Do your weaknesses mean you're unfit for the power of God to use you? Surely that wasn't the case in the life of David Brainerd. In fact, one of the reasons why we treasure his diary is the insight it gives us to his own spiritual and physical weaknesses because it encourages us that if God can use a man like David Brainerd, surely, surely he can use us. We learn about David's, God's power and David's spiritual weakness and his physical weakness. Let's talk a few minutes about God's power in his evangelistic weakness. When George Whitfield and the Great Awakening swept through New England, Brainerd and his Yale classmates were captured by the new evangelical fervor. The faculty of Yale were not impressed. Choosing to expel Brainerd over a joke he had made in the hallway in, ho in hopes that it would put a damper on the revival taking place. Barred by the law from a preaching license, Brainerd was consoled by Jonathan Dickinson, leading, uh, a leading Presbyterian in New, in New Jersey, who eventually helped him gain sponsorship as a missionary to the Indians through a Scottish missionary society. He was examined and appointed in 1742. He writes, All my desire was the conversion of the heathen, heathen and all my hope was in God. Though his calling was sure, Brainerd still struggled often to find zeal in preaching. Lord's Day, May 1st, 1743. In the afternoon, felt poorly in body and soul. While I was preaching, I seemed to be rehearsing idle tales without the least life, fervor, sense, or comfort. Tuesday, September 2nd, 1746. Was scarce ever more confounded with the sense of my own unfruitfulness and unfitness of my work than now. Oh, what a dead, heartless, barren, unprofitable wretch did I now see myself to be. My spirits were low, and my bodily strength so wasted that I could do nothing at all. What is more, he passed through seasons where he, had, he was ashamed to admit how cold his heart was toward the lost Indians he had been commissioned to reach. September 18, 1742. Felt some compassion for souls, and mourned I had no more. Tuesday, July 2, 1745 felt my heart drawn out after God in prayer, almost all the forenoon, especially while riding, and in the evening could not help crying to God for those poor Indians. However, the Lord warmed his heart toward the Delaware Indians, whom he affectionately began to call, quote, my people. Even as Brainerd's own health was quickly fading, he rejoiced at the new life he saw. Lord's Day, March 16, 1746. My house being thronged with my people in the evening, I spent the time in religious exercises with them till my nature was almost spent. They are so unwearied in religious exercises and insatiable in their thirsting after Christian knowledge that I can sometimes scarce 
avoid laboring so as greatly to exhaust my strength and my spirits. Let me read to you once more from uh, Paul's epistles, this time from Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only is in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain, Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you you also should be glad and rejoice with me. I wonder how your own personal weakness God might use to grow your heart for the lost. Sometimes it's in seeing our own need for God that we recognize in others how desperately they need him as well. Well, I want to encourage you again. Go get The Life and Diary of David Brainerd. You, you heard a few, uh, a few excerpts from his diary, but uh, you can read a great biography of him, and then you can read his diary, um, the biography written by Jonathan Edwards. A few other resources I'll put on the post page. There is a uh, short Biography of him by David Calhoun that uh, I'll put up there. And then John Piper also has a short biography on Desiring God, and I'll put that up as well. I hope that uh, you've been challenged, you've been encouraged. If you're feeling weak in any way, whether in physical weakness, spiritual, or evangelistic weakness, um, David Brainerd, what a man, what an encouragement to us. His life continues uh, to resound from that cloud of witnesses. And join me next time. We're going to continue next week. We will be talking about John G. Payton and the cannibals who almost ate him on the island of the New Hebrides. Until next time, you can always follow me on Twitter, at Chad underscore Ashby. If you want to make sure that you catch these posts as they come, um, you can either follow, uh, you can follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can follow my author page, Chad C. Ashby, on Facebook. And until next time. God bless.